Hello, welcome back, film fans. This is Beer, Bourbon, and a Movie. I'm Tawana. And I'm Vaughn. And this is two filmmaking cinephiles dedicated to the art of film, the taste of a good beverage, and everything in between. Welcome back for episode three. Okay, so Colossal, directed by Nacho Vigalondo. Uh, he's, um, he's a Spanish director, and he was part of the VHS series, the horror series that they had, and he did a, a film on the ABCs of Death. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start about this movie? I mean, you know, it's Anne Hathaway. Plays this sad mess of a party girl with not much of anything happening in her life, who eventually gets dumped and kicked out of her shared apartment by her fed-up boyfriend. I thought this would be interesting, but it was totally disorienting. Not funny at all. I just kept looking around the theater just thinking, like, why is everyone laughing? Am I, am I, am I not a part of this joke? Well, there were a lot of people <laughs> laughing in the, at the screening that I went to. And it's not a comedy. It's not. I'm still trying to figure out what genre this movie actually falls into because it was more, for me, it spoke to a, a relationship kind of movie on both ends with her and Oliver, right? the, the other lead, uh, Jason Sudeikis' character, and Tim, her boyfriend. Right. So she kind of teeter-totters between the two of them. And it, it felt more like a relationship movie to me than a comedy. But it wasn't... Um, then it had moments of pseudo-horror. Yeah, it was which very was, it, it was a weird combination. And Anne Hathaway, actually, she did a great job. And her performances were good. Well, also, did. Jason Sudeikis. Jason Sudeikis. I actually, Stevens. and I like uh, Dan Stevens, too. I like too. him a lot. He's big on... Um, yeah, you know, sure. he's big on uh, all these kind of films. Now, he's excellent in Legend, and uh, or Legion, I'm sorry, on uh, FX now. But uh, he's doing a lot of things. So I'm just, I was hoping that this movie would be better than it was, but it just didn't, it just made me uncomfortable. Yeah, there was something about the relationships. It wasn't great. It, it, it was abusive to me in a way, and I, there was just, there was, it just disturbed me on several levels. Right. But, um, I get what they were trying to do, and it's amazing what what childhood memories spur in adults and how you react to them. But I think that this movie kind of left me feeling just very uncomfortable, very uneasy, because I felt like the violence in the movie directed at her just was a little too... It was just a little too visceral for me, and it was so basic, but it, it really spoke to a lot of things and how mm-hmm. people deal in relationships and how people accept behaviors from people that aren't necessarily good things. You know what I mean? And yeah. like, yes, she was dealing with alcoholism and, you know, she was down and out, but, you know, she was kind of mistreated. She was just a general overall fuck-up. Yeah, she was just mistreated. <laughs> and I it just it just made me feel a certain kind of way. But I like, you know, I like she that was mistreated, she, though, she took her power at the end of the movie but, um, and you know what's weird? I mean, weird? did I've she, been, and I was just like, where is she taking her power from, from this one series of events we see happening between the two of them? And it's like, where's that leading from? Where is that coming from? There was no real backstory to these people. There was a brief instance on what, why they, these sort of monsters existed and what they were. But there was nothing more to that, to like, why is she a drunk? Why is he a shut-in? 
why is he a hoarder? Like, it was just, like, all these things, you know? Well, you know, there was the, the whole point of his bad relationship with his ex that yeah. led him to being a hoarder. He, he lost his child because apparently the child went with the ex. Yes. That was all done in, like, pans across a room. 2.3 seconds. <laughs> you know. In, in you, mere mention. If you don't catch up on those details and view really closely, you'd miss it. And quite honestly, I didn't even remember that until you just said it. You know, but it, it happened. <laughs> and I saw it. It, it did happen. And, I um, you know, and I think that, and even the backstory of telling what happened to them as kids, which laid the foundation to what ends up happening to them as adults. I think that, you know, I, I don't know, because I've been, this movie's been compared to an instant classic, and know oh, it was big in the film festival circuit, but I don't know if it'll resonate across the country, but I think no. that from what people were doing in the movie theaters, I was like, well, they just love this. I guess it's a hipster thing. Maybe they get it, but I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I was mean, missing it. I was getting the feeling that it was definitely, this film was made for a niche audience. Like, I, I was like, maybe I haven't seen enough of this guy's films. Maybe he's got this built-in way of, like, of, like, making his movies. So he's got this dedicated following of people who love his stuff. But I was just like, I don't know. It's just not for me. You know, like I said, I was sitting in a movie just looking around like, why are people laughing? This is not even funny. And now I'm annoyed by this. Yeah. You know, listen, I agree. It's definitely an original film. But it really feels confused to me. You know, it, it, it it's existing in this place where it's not quite sure of what it would be. Is it a drama? Is it a dark comedy? Is it a sci-fi monster flick? You know, it, sci-fi monster flick. <laughs> that was all mixed up. But, you know, for me... You know, I don't know. There wasn't there wasn't enough backstory, like I said. And I I mean I agree with you. I really like Anne's performance, Jason's performance, Dan's, who I think is really good and he's coming up. But um at the end of the day it just wasn't enough for me and it just totally missed the mark. Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping, and I'm glad she was executive producer on this because Anne Hathaway, she's doing some magical things. She's definitely she's a triple threat does. in yeah. the industry. I know people hate on her, and I've even heard this movie being parallel to the Clinton-Trump uh, phenomenon that's happened since the Trump election. I'm really? like, I'm truly trying to understand the parallels with that. People are reaching. You know, I think we do a lot of reaching <laughs> in the United States. You know, it's just like liberals go up, run amok, you know, but... I don't know. At the end of the day, it was just a movie. And I think that if you want to see something that's interesting and conversation-worthy... And makes you feel delusional. And it makes you just a, a tad uncomfortable, <laughs> check it out when you get a chance. But well, uh, it wouldn't be one I would run back to see. No, I'd never see this again. I would see AI before I watch this movie again. Oh, my God. You really are <laughs> suicidal. Because AI is the worst <laughs> anyway. movie ever. That is the worst movie ever. Don't it's, go see AI. Don't go see AI. But, you know, speaking of delusions, let's get into what we're drinking here. My beer for today, Delirio Tremens. All you beer drinkers out there know this beer very well. With its common name and clever play on words, you know, it's a triple fermented blonde, which sort of looks crystal clear. And unlike most triples, it's slightly sweet and has this, this beautiful sweet taste with this high APV, it could very well leave you feeling like, like you have a case of DTs if you had too many of them. Um, it's very representative of the DTs, which is a common name for alcohol withdrawal. Basically, the shakes. So the now, why would I want a beer that makes delirious. me feel like that? No, that's the name of the beer. It's not how the beer makes you feel. Oh, okay, I say nice. it's a common play on words because it is alcohol, and if you get fucked up in the game, 
and you drink too much alcohol every day, you wind up with a case of the DTs when you're trying to get off of it. Got it, got it. So that hence my play on words. But my relation to this with the films is the whole theme of delusion, which is what I feel is going on in Colossal. There's a lot of delirious, unsure, you know, inconsistent thoughts flowing through this film, if you ask me. Yeah. And uh, I just feel like, as for the next film, it just makes... I think those actors were delusional. Well, let me ask it. you something about, about <laughs> going back home. Yeah. Like in uh, Colossal, there's this theme of going back home. Now, how... Which they never explained. Yeah. Now, let me talk to you about my uh, choice of bourbons today. Yes. I chose Jim Beam. Home classic brew. Jim Beam. <laughs> Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. It's the best. It's a classic. It's old school. It's for when you really want to try bourbon for the first time. It's a four-year-old blend. Hasn't been as aged as long as some of the others, but this is a great bourbon to have a mixed drink. Today I'm drinking a whiskey sour, and um, I needed a little something, little, little tart, little citrus, just to talk about these movies because they left a bitter taste in my mouth for sure. <laughs> and I think that like bourbon leaves in mind. <laughs> what what spoke to me about these films, both of them actually, is just this obsession people have in relationships, how they don't know how to move forward how there's this 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 feeling of i can't get away from this person or i don't want to get away from this person or i feel like i have to have this person in my life forever in a fucking day when you don't necessarily have to if people just learn how to let go of people then you could your life would be so much easier that relates to beer bourbon in a movie nice hiccup you know what i mean i was just like okay we'll edit that part out um, I believe it. It's I hiccuped while I was drinking beer. That works. No, we'll edit that out. No, we'll edit that out. Um, what was I saying? So anyway, um, your family. Bro. So I suggest Jim Beam bourbon if you really want to try some bourbon for the first time and you don't want to go too far and too heavy. Jump onto some Jim Beam and enjoy yourself. Next up, unforgettable. Uh I really want to say I looked up the director, but I really don't care. Because <laughs> what I care about is that he had Katherine Heigl, Rosario Dawson, and one of my favorite cinematographers, Caleb Deschanel, kill themselves in their craft of this piece of shit film. Sorry. It is what it is. I've seen better films in, let's say, Enough, Single White Female, The Hand of Rocks the Cradle, uh, Base Can Stink. This, this movie has been done before. And while I think it's okay to redo genres and to sort of make them new, it was unfortunately forgettable. Heigl, however, was really good in her role as a high point of the film for me. She should always play the villain, in my opinion. And there's something, something very, very evil in her eyes that's just very much scary. Some call it acting, but I call it an evil gif. She's going to be a female Stephen Lang. You know how much I love Stephen Lang? <laughs> Your favorite guy. <laughs> I just think, like, Rosario Dawson, I thought that this was beneath her. Come on, Rosario's been acting since kids. I've had a crush on Rosario since kids. It's like she's been really good in so many different films. Hello, Luke Cage, anybody? So we can see that she's very prevalent in today's... Oh, and Daredevil. She's excellent right. in Daredevil also. She's, and she's going to... Oh, Jessica Jones. She's very good in these series. So it's like, I, this felt a little beneath her. I don't know, a little side check, whatever it is, I understand. But this felt like it, it 
she sort of underacted. You know what I mean? Well, I think you know the the thing about this this movie is that it falls into that genre of the crazy ex, and a lot of people have experienced the crazy ex, and I think that it just kind of led into that. But what is what was interesting about the movie is that it was very female driven. It has a female director. Uh, and she did a she oh, did an interesting it was, job. It was female director. Yes, it was. <laughs> and you know um, much I cared. <laughs> I just I and really hated she brought her she brought Cheryl Ladd back to the big screen, and I'm very happy to see that. I'm happy that Cheryl Ladd looks crazy. Cheryl Ladd did Super Bitch better than anybody ever. She did Mama Bitch, and it anybody. was fantastic. And I think that you know this movie this movie teeter tottered on that white woman victim, but switched off on Rosaria Dawson. And I think that, you know, she got to play, she was a little naive in thinking that she could step into the life of, with this man, move out of where she was from in San Francisco to L.A. and, and live happily with this dude and his, his family. But it was, it was very interesting that, you know, they tried to play out this, this fairy tale of what life could be together and how yeah. happy. Because, you know, they painted it very happy in the beginning, but, and then it just got real, real dark. But I but I think, unlike Colossal, they did build a backstory for Rosario. And we yes. did understand why she was led to this fantasy world right. and why things were supposed to be so much better than what they were. Because she was and getting she, away from a stalker she, ex. Yeah, she was getting away from this whole horrible life. But not only just a stalker, her dad was really shitty to her, too. Right. It was like a whole series of events that led her to this place and then she had this guy who uh was following his dreams and she's wasn't she like a writer or something she was a writer blogger um and she worked for like a tech company yeah thing like buzzfeed yeah something like that so it was good that she was sort of letting down her guard after having up for so long to do like this this fantasy life that you're saying of having a family and of having a family this great husband who was a, a new beer maker and all of that I just felt like it, I really wish Denise Denovi the director did a much better job I just feel like I, being on sets I understand what it's like to be a cinematographer and to see cinematographers battle with with directors and say listen this could be better this way this could be better that way like she she seemed like she was trying to be very much paint by numbers situation, and it was just like you said earlier when we were speaking, like this sort of like lifetime s thing. It's just like everyone's brilliance sort of like got downplayed, you know, because of it. And I felt like they really had nothing more to work with than what she gave them. Well, what I hated about the film was the fact that once the villain came into the room, everybody suddenly realized that she was the one causing all this. Disruption in all their lives. Because oh Heigl is you. Shit. Oh my God, it's you. Like, how all of a sudden, if you had no inkling that she was a bad person, did every time she walked in the room and about to kill you, well, you she suddenly was about to realize kill you. it was her? They didn't think it was her when she was bringing fucking flowers. Right. When she was like, oh, let's have lunch. They didn't think it was her then, but they totally thought it was her when she, once she had sort of revealed herself. And then they're like, oh my God, it's you. But she had this sort of like, Focus. She I, had crazy eyes she, all up in her fucking I think face. She has crazy eyes. Everybody eye knew about her. Listen, her hair was too tightly pulled. Everything, <laughs> everything about her said was, crazy girl. Every stitch, there was not one flyaway. There was not one un, unbrushed stroke of hair. There was her clothes were perfect. She could wear a white dress and not spill a drop, even though she was at like a beer party. It was like a beer unraveling, unveiling of his company or something like that. It was it was a whole thing. She was 
she was obsessive. She was conniving. She was manipulative. She was evil, and I loved it. Yeah, I like I like an evil woman too. But you know, and but the thing about this this piece to me, I think that they could have did a little more if they'd have just spent mm-hmm. a little more time because they spent a lot of time in the beginning with laying the foundation of the story. Yes. You kind of knew where you were going, but then there was a part where they just got. It was almost like they got too close to the end and they had to hurry up and tie up everything in a bow. Yeah, I just feel like they they also should have paid a little more attention to suspense. In films like this, you feel like you feel like you need to rely a little bit heavily on suspense because even though, you know, very Hitchcocky and we're we're sort of like we're the audience that knows everything and we're you want us to scream at the screen and 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 sort of like try and advise the characters as to what's going on. There was no suspense buildup, really. No. Like we knew she was going down the stairs. It was very we knew, you know. And I think that, you know, it could have been, it, it could have aided to that. I mean, even though Jennifer Lopez did the boy next door had more suspense, yeah. Uh, and eh, it's about the same. The sex scenes were about the same in both because it was a heavy sex scene in this. I was like, what is happening with the sex scenes? Like what? The one in the car? The one, the one in the car, the one in the bed when um, Rosario came. To town. When she came. And she came to town, you know. It was uh-huh. all of that. And uh, the boy next door had that too. But like the boy next door with Jennifer Lopez had um more suspense. Even that Beyonce film Obsessed had more suspense. And yeah. we're talking Beyonce. Wow, you're comparing something to Beyonce in a film. Okay, well I'm just saying Idris Elba I get that. But and they, better film. What I thought would have been and it was crazy what would have worked better, I think, is when they introduced the ex, Rosario Dawson's ex. If they could have had him appear earlier, how about longer? And start doing his magic and trying to get back with her right. because you know this other woman manipulated the whole thing. If we would have gotten right. a little more of that, I think it would have added a little another texture to the film. Well, right. So like if Heigl would have allowed him to be the creep, right? Instead of her pretending to be him to be the creep, yeah, it would have been better. They they did a lot of they wasted a lot of time there, but I know that. Heigl was the big ticket. Heigl was a big ticket. Heigl worked. She did pull me in. I will not lie. She's a female Stephen Lang, and I will say that forever. If you want to hashtag me. So she basically I'm turns you on. bourbon in a movie, on Instagram, and Twitter. <laughs> I will totally answer your questions, because you are shit at this, and I think you should do more. Your agent should be giving you a lot more of these when they come up, because you're good at it. Well, I'm sure she'll get to play with bad girls more and more often now. No, killer creeps. Oh, you want to be the killer? I want to be killer creeps. Got it, got it. Psycho, <laughs> single, unhinged. Thank you, Alex. Unhinged, unhinged. single white female yes. out. I need you to be like, like just like Google-eyed out, like eyeballs popping out of the head. And then with a switch, you're like, oh, I'm so great. This is nothing. Oh, my God, this is lovely. Okay, now let me ask you. So <laughs> let's let's go back to Colossal okay. for a second. Yes. Do you think if Anne Hathaway had a little more edge to her? She definitely needed edge. Up until the end, because she was basically a sad little hipster white girl. All but, through the movie. You know, if she had point, a little more. If she had edge at the end, when, she, when, when, when the final plot twist happened, right? If she had the edge at the end, I would have been like, yes, yes, she, you know, she did what she needed to do. She won. Sudeikis came off very Sudeikis with the part in the sneakers that he always does, you know, very cool, everyday, like, cool white guy, love you, 
and like real cool. And then he became like this freaking creep. And you're like, ooh, I don't like you. You're a creep and you got this edge and I'm not I'm not really feeling your edge, but I like it. Right. You know, it was it was a little scary. You were like, because really? it was startling because he, it came out of nowhere. Came out of nowhere. You know, one minute he was Mr. Nice Guy, Mr. America, Mr. Everybody Loves You, and then all of a sudden you just came super dick. It's like, well, dick. what? He's Mr. America. You know, what he was. He is. He represents. He is Mr. America guy. He's that typical I feel like white he's guy. He's Mr. Brooklyn guy. He's Mr. I'm wearing, I'm wearing J's and some plaid and some denim. And I got a cool part in my head. I get a fade. And I'm always on the L. That's what Sudeikis <laughs> says to he's me. He's super white Brooklyn. He's yeah, super he's, white he's super white Brooklyn. Williamsburg, <laughs> shout out. Shout out to Williamsburg. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I just. It, I'm sorry to jump back to this Colossal yeah, movie, but I think that there are some parallels between there, Colossal and Unforgettable in a, in a way that you want these women, like in Rosario Dawson's case, you want her to stand up for herself. You want her to fight yeah, back. Yeah, I was just kind of like, what kind of Puerto Rican are you? Yeah, it was, was you like, know, you, you we know, this woman's ass a we know because she's a brown girl that she would have seen this girl coming a mile away. And she did see it, but she, she kept trying to it, blow it off because she wanted to get next to this friend, man. Friend was saving her. I was like, you don't need. First of all, I don't mind. Okay, I don't make it racial, but I don't mind that she had this white friend that was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was just like, girl, you know better than that. You knew better than that. Like, even your character obviously comes from some sort of, I don't know, issues. Right. So, like, if you come from this many issues, you should have already suspected what was going to occur. And even when she suspected what she what was going to occur, she was just kind of like, oh, my God, where's my fiancé? my fiancé? Like, all right, why are you wearing my dress, bitch? We got a problem yeah. now. Okay? Yeah. I'm not saying let's let's get down and dirty and world star us and beat her up. I'm just saying let's, like, let's, like, come along and just say, listen, can I have a conversation with you since you're going to play that exactly? It would have been like, excuse me, role. excuse me. Why the hell you bought this damn dress right. from that place? Right. Even though she didn't really have a clue that that woman that, knew she liked the dress, but since right. she talked to the shopkeeper I'm and sure this place she, was already her favorite place, yeah, I'm sure you knew the they talked about it. Shopkeeper was like, "Oh, by the way, you know, you know, your new your new family member, right, <laughs> was in was here in the here. other day. She was trying on this dress. But oh, this you know, dress, the conversation that was telling to me was the conversation they had in the Mexican restaurant where they were talking about." where Katherine Heigl decided to volunteer about how great this guy was as a lover and all this, yeah, that, and the other. Yeah, we had sex everywhere. That's the part where I was just like, Rosario's brown side should have come up and said, wait a minute, bitch, let me check you. Is you coming for me in my Real quick, why are you coming for me in this man? You my stuff ain't tight? Right. Like, no. that's where, that's <laughs> that's where the line would have been drawn in the sand for me. That's where the line had to be drawn. But she sand. didn't check her. In the place, and that's she where she should have did she it. She didn't check her until she had to check her about the kid. Right. And I'm like, too little, too late. You don't check anybody about their kid. You want to check somebody about your man, but do that all day. But I, but I guess that falls back to her relationship that she had with her parents and I her guess. father. But even the sex scene in the bathroom, I was just like, ah, ah, ah. all right, whatever. You try to do a little something because the girl bragged that she had sex with him all the time. It was so unnecessary. I thought there were better instances where they could have ratcheted up the drama and the suspense. 
Yeah. There was never a time where I felt like, oh my God, don't go down the hall because I think she's down that hall and around the corner. Yeah, you, they definitely didn't play up the suspense no. part. Do you think that's because it was a female director? Hell, if it is, then she should get a grip. Because the because there's plenty of female directors doing great, great suspense, great thrillers and great horror and great action. So the whole female, you know, perspective is is bullshit. Because she could definitely take it there. Well, the I, reason I ask that is because they've been marketing this film as this, okay, all you girls get together and go see this movie together. Well, because of Heigl. You know, but it, it feels like a Lifetime movie. Because of Heigl and her whole connection to uh, Grey's Anatomy and all yeah, that. Yeah, Sandra Land and all that. You know, I just think that. Her former connection because she got fired. Well, you know, th- listen, turn, turn lemons into lemonade. This is your shot. <laughs> Go fucking nuts and get crazy because well, hell, crazy as you. It beats the cat food commercial she's doing now, so you know, it's a win. But yeah, um, but do crazy because crazy is you. I think that it could have just been a little more. One, there could have been a little more violence in it. There could have been a little more suspense for sure. But I feel like I wanted it to feel like a thrill. I wanted it to feel like single white female. Well, you know what this this woman Denise De, Denovi. Uh, I mm-hmm. hope I'm saying your name right. Denise Denovi is really a producer. She's produced like. A ton of films, like over 60, 60 pieces, but she's only directed three, three things. And, and this was her first big one. This was her first film. Um, the other thing was she did an episode of Bones, and she did Unforgettable, and like I don't, know, I guess that looks like some sort of TV show after that. But I mean, she was a producer on some really great stuff, Crazy Stupid Love, you know. Edward Scissorhands, Night Before Christmas. It's like, hello. Oh, so she's had some... She's been in the business for a minute. So yeah. you know what, Denise? Step your game up. You you know what? You'll probably never hire me, but this ain't for you. Stay a producer. Some producers are producers, and you guys are invaluable, and I think you should stay that way. I love producers because I'm one myself. Exactly. Thank you. And I'm a cinematographer, and I ain't jumping into the writing game because that's not my thing. But... <laughs> About imagery all day. And I know my space, so I think sometimes take this as a learning lesson. Well, you know, I think they did some interesting things, though, as far as the cinematography goes. Because they, they had moments of noir in there. Well, because it's, it's Caleb. But it didn't, it didn't last Caleb long Caleb is the man. You know, Caleb is the man. I mean, Caleb is the man, then he created two daughters that wound up being really great actresses as well. So it's just like... I don't know. But you know what I thought would have been interesting? I wanted to, what I wanted to happen was I wanted the best friend to come to town. And of course, she gets killed. I wanted killed. her to get killed. She had to get killed by Katherine Heigl's character. I wanted her to get killed. Because that's what you, you need that, you, you need just the world to fall apart before it can come together. I guess. But I, I just felt like, I don't know. But that didn't happen. But I guess I'm that's, that's for, for part two, right? Already. That'll be in the next one. But, oh, but wait a minute. I guess not with Katherine Heigl because she's dead. No, but there is a dun 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 surprise guest. Oh yes, Super that, Mom. That Shout may. out to Cheryl Ladd. <laughs> my childhood dream. Child- my favorite Charlie's Angels. <laughs> I don't know, she so was creepy. glad to see her. She was very creepy, and I was happy about the creepiness in her. Yeah, yeah, because she's gonna shake shit up in that that little family. But see, yes. that would be the other thing. Your mother-in-law is not going to be here but a minute to see this child. She should have no. checked him real quick at the door. No, she well, well, she should have checked him, but it wasn't her who answered him who answered the door. Yeah. So the thing is, is that, you know, what are you going to do? It's going to be the same thing. Oh, I really want to see my granddaughter, and 
I really would like it if you could just let me see my granddaughter. I mean, oh my god, that, they, I'm sorry, Segway. The Patriot? Deschanel? The Patriot? Come on, man, I love the Patriot. Okay, well, so this wasn't the Patriot, I'm sorry. No. But, you know, he's working. Jack Reacher, uh, Abraham Lincoln, Kill Shot, just Anna and King. But those are kind of different genre kind of movies. All so different genres, but he, he's able to do suspense, thrillers. Like Jack Reacher had that those elements. I just felt like... But see, the thing is, I can't blame you. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I cannot blame you. It's not you. It is the director who is primarily in charge. merely in charge of the, the look of the picture. So it looked good. I just wish he gave you more work. Yeah. So I think... But of course for that. Yeah, let's have another drink. Let's have another drink, and our next review will be for Slight. Oh yeah, I'm excited to see this one. I am too. I'm really excited. The director is definitely doing the new um, Black Panther. He also did. Um, uh, sorry. Well, whatever. He's <laughs> doing Black Panther. Um, yeah, it's time for some black superheroes on the big screen. So it's gonna it's gonna be good. So we're doing that, and we're doing the girl with all the gifts. Yes, black zombie killers. Yes. And so zombies. we're so I know we've been gone, but we're back. And stay tuned for episode four. This is beer, bourbon, and movie. Cheers, y'all. Mm-hmm.